1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com dot slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA Member FDSE. I think we we were maxed out last year offensively, and then we added you know guys like Donaldson, and you know now sky's the limit. I mean, I think we can go out there. I know now we have a, a two month season, but I think we've, if we had the chance to play in a full season,
0: we'd
2: be able to break the record we set up last year because offensively, power wise, I mean.
1: I couldn't have imagined the team before I stepped into this one with, with more power. I mean, I don't think there is.
0: High fly ball. Deep left field. Donaldson has left the building. Here comes
1: the rain show.
0: Yeah, so we're going to get Judd. That wasn't from last night, but it might as well have been. Baseball was back at Target <laughs> Field last night. Judd with a firsthand account from the stadium here. Also... Old tweets exposed on this Thursday, and a cliche Mount Rushmore, but thank you to Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard for helping us keep the lights on here at Score North. I mean, this has just flat out been the most uncertain and crazy four-month period, I think, not only like in some of our lifetimes, but for sure as, uh, as people who bambi about sports on the radio and via podcast. So thank you to Luther Brookdale Toyota for standing by us. And we stand behind them in terms of the great service they provide, the great vehicles they provide. My family and I have been going to the same place for 30-plus years, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and Luther Brookdale LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. All right, so are we going to start the show off, Judge Zolgad, praising Byron Buxton for lacing a double down the left field line off Jose Barrios, or ripping Jose Barrios for giving up a double to Byron Buxton?
1: You know what? I'm going to tell you this flat out. I don't care. (laughs) I saw an inner squad baseball game last night, and I was I nearly was brought to tears by seeing actual competition on a major league field. It was fantastic. I have never.
0: Is it weird? Yes, it was weird since we've seen anything resembling that it
1: was weird, but it was also it was also glorious just to see these guys. I don't even care if they're, you know, if they're playing an an exhibition game or in this case, what what amounted to a four or five inning inner squad game? I don't care what they were doing, seeing them do something that resembled their uh, craft was fantastic. So I'm not ripping anybody off last night, although I will say this. The hitters got some catching up to do, which is not way. surprising. I think that's going to take some time. That's oftentimes
0: the case, right? It actually kind of depends when you go in, into like the first live batting practice sessions. Um, the hitters are always behind because they have to build up the timing. Right. Like when you haven't faced a ninety-five mile an hour moving two seam fastball in four months, it just takes a minute to catch up. But at the same time, when you start off in in uh, you know spring training one 0, pitchers are oftentimes for the first week telling the hitters what's coming so that they can get their timing down. I you mean, I guess that wasn't happening yesterday. No, it wasn't.
1: Okay. As far so as I just can tell, no. are just jumping right into it. Yes. And and the pitchers don't look like they have, the pitchers don't look like they were affected by the months off as much as the batters were. But, I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to, to take time. This is going to be weird. But everything about this is weird. They're playing, you know, it's July. You're supposed to be, what, all-star break time, basically, or nearing the all-star break. And you're playing inner squad games. And those of us who saw it are absolutely ecstatic because at least you're doing something that is baseball. Yeah, and I was was
0: just—I think they're going to try and live stream part of tonight's scrimmage, right? For people who are listening to this before the Thursday night action, um, are they going to do scrimmages on a near nightly basis? I don't know what I don't
1: know what the plan is. My guess is that they'll probably do with Rocco being Rocco. I would guess that they'll probably do two or three days' worth, dial it back for a day, and then go back. Um, He has definitely not changed. Like, he's not going to now say, oh, my God, we got to get – it's a race to the start to the White Sox game on July 24th. Um, But, yes, I, I would imagine that between now and the time that they play the Cubs in the exhibition game at Wrigley on July 22nd, that we are going to see quite a bit of this. And, um, I mean, you know, it's basically – it's basically they had – Bryant and Domnick, I think, pitched four innings apiece. They sent them up in groups, so they would send like three guys up, and then those guys would hit again and hit again, and then they'd go in the field and they would switch groups. So they're essentially making up the rules as they go, which is absolutely fine. But yeah, I would think that we are going to see quite a few of these, um, quite a few of these deals before you get to the Cubs game.
0: So I want you—you you were there last night. This was not on TV. This was not streamed. The, you're really the only. Coverage if you weren't at the ballpark if like I was at home just literally glued to Twitter just reading everyone's updates and Dustin Moore sent out a couple photos you sent out a video from the press box on the score of the con. so like I found myself a baseball junkie last night just wanting like literally inject tweets <laughs> yeah. into my veins give us like yes. what, what are your three or four give us observations how did they do it. Uh We had we didn't have a home plate umpire. What we had we had a guy standing, an employee standing in the first row, yes. and they were calling balls and strikes from like a monitor. Which, by the way, uh hello, no, major league baseball. No,
1: no, 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 no. Was it a K zone? More official than that. They used the TrackMan system. Boom. See? plate umps, baby. Now, okay, but I will tell you this: COVID worth it. <laughs> but I will tell you this: you can see what the dilemma is going to be because this this system right now is nowhere near set to employ and i don't i don't know what the next steps are but let's just say the the trackman robot umpire has problems identifying pitches at times mm. well
0: but trackman trackman is more isn't trackman
1: it's less about
0: like creating a k zone i mean it can do that but it's more about swing planes for golfers and baseball players yeah, but and I don't spin know. rates and things like that right but they
1: they said that There was somebody, I think, sitting upstairs around the press box who was getting what the call from TrackMan was. So TrackMan was making the calls, relaying them downstairs to the guy who was in the first row behind home plate, behind the protective screening. Did TrackMan have a mask on? And then then they would call the pitch delayed. I think it was Donaldson got a little bit PO'd at one point Hmm. in time. Oh,
0: he argued with TrackMan.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no. It was... It it's definitely a work in progress. But what I thought was how great is this? Can you and this is no rip on the old school Twins, okay? Cuz for a long time until things went south, they did some really good things. But how funny is it to think about the Minnesota Twins in 2020, right? Now, like being one of the first to probably say, "You know what? Let's try this." I mean, it it's it's just for fun. We'll find out, but we are going to employ What is someday going to be probably right? The cutting edge of technology. Let's just try this. I just thought to to myself, Terry and Billy would be like, what? What? I just went. No, we need an umpire.
0: I went to Trackman. So Trackman, as far as I know, Trackman mostly centers around golf measurement and baseball measurement. So it'll, if you're a golfer and you want to figure out how to get rid of that slice, or if you want to figure out how to get extra distance on your drive, you can use Trackman to get more, you know, higher spin rate, et cetera, et cetera. And so TrackManBaseball.com, this is all, by the way, to zoom back out. This is to prove my point. Anyone who says, well, the technology's not there. Oh, I mean, what's going to happen when you have to adjust for the height of the batter? What if like, Jose Altuve
2: comes up to play? He's only
0: 5'6". Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, we sent a freaking rover to Mars, but we can't figure out how to adjust a tr- <laughs> a, an electronic strike zone for Jose Altuve being short. So TrackMan measures... Exits for hitters, exit speed, launch angle, launch direction, spin rate, landing distance, contact depth, contact side and height. For pitchers, it, it measures release speed, spin rate, spin axis, release height and side, extension, horizontal and vertical break, and plate height and side. But damn it, we need Joe West to tell us if that ball going ninety five miles an hour grazed the corner or not. Get rid of Joe West, bring in track. Well, I man, agree with that. Put a put a mask on trackman to keep everyone But track safe. man trackman <laughs> n-
1: needs work you you will have guys it,
0: they can hone it we are it needs less
1: work than angel
0: Hernandez well okay? yeah well yeah
1: if you get rid of your horse bleep plate umpires it'd be great <laughs> uh but no it, it was just it, it was intriguing to watch because to see to see like the ability that the computer has to identify pitches and how far they probably need to tweak that. But I mean, it's coming someday. Yeah. Which, which again, is what I think is so funny about the Twins adopting this and being progressive and saying, "What the hell, right? Might as well try it." Yes, might as well try it. Right, what else? What else happened last um, night? So they they played music throughout the course of the entire game. They basically made things up and went as they, you know. I mean, it was it was not disorganized, but it also didn't feel very official. So they like. They played music, like Jose Barrios is winding up. And they just have music and playing. They, and they, yeah. What kind of music? I don't know.
2: Music. Was it Was it hip? Was it new? Was it Country?
1: old? It was lower. It wasn't that. No, no, no. It was probably more hip. But anyway, <laughs> so so they're going to tonight, um, according to what they told us, they're going to make it more official. They're going to have PA announcements in the stadium. They're going to play music between innings, I believe. And I think, th- I think they're going to slowly but surely try and hone this. My guess is the goal is to turn this into as close as they can pseudo spring training games.
0: Eventually, the Rays have the biggest advantage because they're used to doing this, right? There was an no article fans? today at the Tampa Bay Times or something had an article about uh, the Rays management talking about having reduced fans in the stadium and what it's going to be like. Like, uh, hello, I think you guys will be fine. <laughs> That's you your can life. figured it out at the track.
1: It is, but it is going to be really weird, and it is weird when you can hear essentially anybody who gets upset you can hear every reaction again so what, i i love it it's marvelous but it's going to be let's just say if josh donaldson screws up or rich hill unless they've got a delay you might want to put earmuffs on the kids
0: so was josh donaldson what did he get did he yell like what was his
1: general demeanor well he was having fun too but okay. yeah but I mean, he just wound tight i mean I it's fun it. to watch it. it's fun to i, I This is zero knock. It's fun. But I I sense that he likes to give people crap. Hey, that's fine. It's sports. Um, But I just, I believe, let's say, if you're playing um, game two uh, in Chicago against the White Sox, and let's say Country Joe rings him up. With no fans there, you're going to hear what he thinks about Country Joe.
0: And then when he comes up to bat the next time around. Actually, Mm
1: -hmm. I've got an intriguing thought off of that point. We've got umpires, not all of them, but we've got umpires with the big egos, right? With the big, you don't talk to me like that. But if you have uh, 45,000 fans in the crowd and I ring you up and you turn around and say, what the bleep? I might be mad, but I might be like, okay, you're going to hear that now though. So the Angels and the Country Joes and those guys, I think are going to be a lot more apt at the start to toss guys because they'll be shown up and they will know that everybody heard it. And I'm dead serious here. I'm not kidding you. And and I know that's a ridiculous thing, but I'm just telling you that if somebody says something loud in a ballpark now on the field, you can hear it. Well, this uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't
0: disagree with what you're saying. Uh, but like oftentimes to your point if a batter like joe mauer used to do this all the time because he was very respectful he would you know, joe mauer had one of the best eyes of any of any player in in the league but when he disagreed with a ball or a strike call it was very rare that he would step out of the box and like look at the umpire and show him up that way yeah it, it, it that's kind of the no-no is that you can Especially with crowd noise and the organ playing, like if you disagree with a ball or a strike call, you can kind of just you know keep your head down at your feet as you adjust for the next pitch, and then you're asking the umpire, "Hey, uh, blew that look a little bit outside. I don't know that." Hey, y- y- and especially if you're a catcher, I hope that my guy gets it, but you're always looking down. Mm-hmm. And Joe Mauer would always sort of shuffle his feet back and forth and kick the dirt <laughs> while he asked about the call. But like looking back at the umpire has always been viewed as showing him up because in front of thirty thousand the umpires are very fragile and they don't want people on TV and the 30,000 people in the stands to know that you are now questioning him because they can all see you looking bad. They don't have to hear it. They can see it. Right. Well, now you probably be able to hear some of it, right? Like unless, unless TV stations and radio stations, if Fox sports North, if they take out the boom mics, that's one thing, but you're probably going to be able to hear the conversations between batter and umpire yes. batter and catcher et cetera, and right and batter
1: gets mad for sure
0: yes which i hope that they don't try to i mean they might have to censor some of the you know the f bombs and stuff with with seven second delays but that type of access would be really really interesting but to but you hear. know what
1: if there are no fans there and, and and we are essentially making up the 2020 season as we go to play 60 games in large part why tv right to get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and get that I think TV is going to make a very good case of we need everything we can get here. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, we're not, no, no, we're not going to, this is not 2018. We need to hear this. This is good stuff, especially cable. So I'm sorry, but if I'm a TV executive, I want more mics. I want more access. This is not normal. And, And if I'm not going to play, and I don't like this idea for baseball, if I'm not going to play fake crowd noise, so like there is no noise, I want as much of the ambiance of what's going on with the players as I could possibly get. And I'm paying those guys a lot. So so my case would be, no, I I need that access. My product um, is going to be far more intriguing. And I think fans sports fans are going to be far more likely mm-hmm. across the board to tune in. If I'm giving them a product of, oh, my God, there's things that I'm getting from this baseball game that, as a fan, I've never gotten before. And you know what? I'll say it for the thousandth time. If there's an F-bomb, too bad. If your seven-year-old can't take an an F-bomb, that's on you. That's not on baseball. (laughs) You're a bad parent. Yeah, Yeah. well, just, I mean, just bleep and teach the kid we're in a pandemic the world's falling apart and johnny can't hear an f bomb because it's go. he might go to third grade or something and say it. but
0: you know he might if, get on the third grade zoom class
1: <laughs> yeah tell the teacher to bleep off which heck might be fun but i would say that there is a very good case to be made that the more access i can get to what's going on the more i want that not to stop it
0: yes Hey, so how many guys were were wearing masks just in and about, like, dugout? What would Give us an idea of where players were stationed. How many guys were in the dugout from what you could see?
1: Yeah, dugouts are, are hard to see from the press box because we can't see into them from that uh, vantage point. Uh, I would say a lot of guys come out wearing masks. As they get going and get on the field, they take them off, which is fine. Some guys kept them on. I want to say, and I might be wrong here, I want to say Marwin Gonzalez might have kept his on the entire time. I think it comes down to comfort He's just here. trying to hide his face from the Astros cheating scandal. I knew you, were nice. gonna, I knew you guys were going to bring up the Astros
0: cheating scandal. We haven't forgotten. Nope. People don't forget. <laughs> yeah, Jose Altuve, you're still getting a fastball. Rami, love yeah, you, Rami. Your love you, Rami. you, buddy.
1: Um, but y- it looks to me like they've basically told guys, get out of the clubhouse, get on the field, wear your mask onto the field at least to start with, but there's no mandate to keep them on. I mean, if
0: you're standing in center field, yeah, exactly right. It's absolutely
1: fine. the only thing that's going to be ultimately probably a little bit dicey um, as we get farther into this is the catcher, right? Because the catcher, the catcher can't wear a mask and wear a mask. You couldn't breathe well. Well, right? is
0: there a ty- Is there a type of? Uh, this is me asking baseball to I don't know innovate. Is there a type of mask you could wear that's all in enclosing? Like football's coming up with these new helmets and hockey. Has, I don't know about know, college that. College yeah. hockey has a. Well, think about this. Like yeah. in college hockey.
1: Like a you've plexiglass mask? You, you got mask a plexiglass.
0: Because really. So, all right. I was at a patio restaurant the other day. I'm trying to think of which one it was. Um, I can't remember. But we were, actually, you know what? It was very posh. It was Covenwizetta. Oh, my God. Oh, I like Coven Wysetta. so Don't good. tell people that. Though. Oh, that, my God. That yeah. makes me sound bad. The take lobster care. guacamole. Oh, yeah. It's got Coven Wizzetta's. I mean, I had to here. take out a financing plan to pay yeah. for it, but it was <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. It was so good. So, um, But the servers were all wearing, instead of wearing traditional cloth masks or whatever, they all had these little like, almost like hockey shields. So yeah. th- you put them around your ears and it's like a plastic shield that goes kind of under your chin and up over your mouth. And the goal is to prevent like, you know, your your breath and, like, your saliva from flying out at people, right? That's the point of a mask.
2: I've seen servers at other restaurants do it, and then even Kowalski's, I was in there on the 4th of July, and they just sell them, like, in front of the cashier, like, you can buy them if you want if you The want plastic them. ones. Yeah, the plastic ones. You'd guard over your face, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I think if you're a catcher and you have just some sort of, like, plexiglass or plastic piece over your mouth and nose that goes down, like... And then your mask, though, goes... That's part of your mask? I don't know. Like the somebody catching mask somebody innovate this. You know, somebody come up with something. I'm just
1: saying I'm saying catchers are going to be the one position that are probably going to be a little bit more susceptible. Outside yeah. of that for baseball, I think you're I think you're fine. Yeah. And I guess you're I'm, outside. And I'm only thinking of like the susceptibility
0: of the players who come up to bat having Here's to go my next question to the catcher. To you. But like are the players going to be spinning do you down? want?
1: Do you want to turn around to get a baseball and, and have Joe West breathe like this. Right. God. Hand you the baseball and breathe on you simultaneously. No offense, Joe, but you strike me as the type of guy yeah. who might have been at a country bar the night before the game. And you make me nervous. Well, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't it? I've always said this. And
0: I'm yeah. sure baseball has thought of this, but... Oh, other than just like the risk of getting a line drive to if you're Joe West and you can't jump out of the way of a line drive, wouldn't it make more sense for someone behind the mound or behind second base to call balls and strikes? Like, how, how do you have a better vantage point as you crouch down in an angle? Your main goal as a home plate umpire is to not get hit by a foul tip or a pitch. Like, that's the first the first thing you're thinking <laughs> about is don't get hit by a 95 mile an hour rogue foul tip or pitch. And then the second priority is. Is to be in at least somewhat of position to see if a ball crossed over. Yeah. I always feel like you probably have a better vantage point from behind the pitcher, anyways. And so th- this might just be a full blank Use slate for Major League Baseball to figure has out how done to do right? this. Does what
1: has a has the ball and strike umpires is actually out behind the pitcher's mound or near the pitchers know. mound I
2: don't know if they do that now. I thought they, they, they used to. When I umpired they didn't do that.
1: You're also the
0: only one on the show that shows up to youth sporting events in trench coats and mesh shorts. Those so are high school sporting events.
1: I. <laughs> I don't consider them youth. <laughs> that sounds don't make it sound like I'm going to little league baseball <laughs> games or 10-year-old hockey games, okay? Hey, it's I'm, Uncle going, Judd. I'm going I am going to high school and uh god knows are Want me to ump your game lost. from behind uh, the pitcher's no, mound? No, no. No, that is that is gross. That is so yeah. wrong right there. That's wrong. Why? That's wrong in so many ways to say about a 50-year-old guy.
0: So, uh tonight they're doing another scrimmage. Uh, any other observations off of the first night of sort of actual baseball? Like I get that it wasn't a real game, but
1: Yeah, Byron, it, it resembled a game last By, night. Byron Buxton 1 for 4. He walked uh, against a combination he faced uh, Barrios and Dobnik. So and he reached base two of five times and doubled correct. in his only. That is correct. So he has a 400 slugging percentage.
0: And uh, a 400 <laughs> on base percentage. <laughs> he also the season.
1: he also made a very nice catch off of a drive by uh, Cruz. Um, I will say, and this is to this is to uh, bring up a take. I think that we had, and it's not surprising. Spring training. I will say this: it might only be 60 games, but man, am I curious to see if this guy can play 58 games? I am so curious to see this because, again, it makes a huge. He's one guy who, if you just say right now he's going to miss 25 games, that's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, this is someone, I think it was our buddy Jake Depew from the Score North Twin Show.
0: We were texting last night. And it really, you think about what this season's going to be. It's as if you played the first four months of the year, and on August 1st, basically, with two months to go, the, so the stretch run hits, and you're tied with Cleveland and Chicago, and you play them 10 times. Correct. So if, if this were if this were a normal season and the twins are really good hey you know whatever the twins are good or they're above 500 but you get to August and you still play those teams a lot yep and you're tied with them in the standings you wouldn't feel great about their chances to make the playoffs right you'd feel like ah yeah, the twins are good but baseball's weird in in a, in a two-month stretch uh-huh. and that's what we're gonna get here uh, real quick we had a ton of reaction off of our all-time twins quad a team discussion from yesterday we posted on social media. At Score North, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zulget, at Dex's tweets, and uh, among other people, Casey Feen jumped into the conversation. I wouldn't consider oh, yeah. Casey Feen a quad A player. No. He was a good reliever for yeah, a couple of years. He was solid. Had some arm issues, but he's got thing. knowledge. He has in-depth knowledge. He has a lot of knowledge about the. He's the a credible Twins witness. Teams. Yes, and uh, and he was adamant that that Chris Calabello should be on this roster, and I think he's right. Chris Calabello. Yep. He was he he was actually uh, he didn't get even called up into the the Twins pipeline like he was an independent ball player from age twenty one through twenty eight yeah just mashing out in the I think it was the Can Am League out in wherever out east somewhere uh, he played for like Worcester for eight years in the Can Am League he comes in his first year in Triple A he hits like three fifty seven with twenty five bombs and the Twins call him up and he was unbelievable for like three months mm-hmm. got a bobblehead. Made players in the clubhouse jealous because the this, who's this no, new guy with the bobblehead. They did the they oh, the did thing. That's right, the Calabello. That's right. That, that was. I've still got mine at home. So I almost think like so. Chris Calabello is a DH or a first baseman. You could maybe squeeze him in the outfield, but
1: Kenny Vargas
0: probably have to say goodbye to Kenny Vargas. Ooh, or Chris I don't know Calabello. about that.
1: Okay, okay. I've got I've mm. the Calabello one I like, but I've got the dissenting vote, and here it is: the man cheated, steroid user. Do
0: you think he was using steroids? He he got popped with with the Blue
1: Jays, right? Yes. Do you think he was using steroids with the Twins? I think there was a good chance.
2: Mm.
1: All due respect to Colabello, I think there was a decent chance. Kenny Vargas, man, he fits. uh, I like your pick there. He is like, because he's it. He's the guy that you looked at, because here's the thing. Kenny Vargas was a quad A star, right? like he was in triple a he was a star if you had left him there in perpetuity he was going to have a hall of fame triple no really? no. a career no um, questions asked he was traded to cincinnati then i think the twins got him back and then somebody else got him but the point is he, calabello was a shooting star vargas was a legitimate oh my god he is david ortiz in triple a actually
2: this is a good go ahead Dex. using the uh, tiger system shocking with gardy Oh, oh that's... Did they just
0: release him yesterday, maybe? They I, might have, I feel yeah. like there, some is, news came out about him. What is Gardy doing, by the way? Yeah, I has got the band back Dude, together, take man. take the season off. The band back together. I'm really worried about him, by the way. Actually, Vargas last year played 54 games for the Chibolote Marines in the Japanese... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Pacific yeah, 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 League. Yeah, he, yeah, he played... Actually, he played for three... Looks like he played for three different four. He played... In the Puerto Rican Winter League, he played in the Japan Pacific League, and then he also played in the Japan Eastern League. Home runs. Do you have home run totals for 11 us? 11 home runs in 120 games. The power has dipped for our guy, Kenny. He's only 28 years old. More complete, He's still in his prime. More complete player now? Doesn't look like it. Okay. But this is a good segue. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore sports talker of the league with Mackie, Judd, and Robbie. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. All right. Cliche Mount Rushmore Thursday here, gentlemen. Who is on the Mount Rushmore of twins players we were nervous would become David Ortiz? So this is this is a list in the last fifteen years, right? Yep. The Mount Rushmore yep. of guys we thought would become the next David Ortiz and, and didn't.
1: And we've got two of them. Uh, Kenny Vargas has to be on there. Oswaldo Garcia has to be on there. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, mean, we, who I, got. I led that charge. We talked sure. yeah, I was gonna say this show talked about that. Seeming, seemingly endlessly at the time.
0: I actually think Chris Calabello deserves some consideration because the Twins, it was very controversial leading into 2015. Uh, Chris Calabello was mashing in the minors. They had he, had he had kind of fallen back to earth in the majors, but I think there
2: was a lot of nervousness about, dude, you can't let this guy he, go. He actually played really well for Toronto in that ALCS run, too. He had a couple postseason bombs. Yeah, yeah. You know why. So, dude, he hit, yeah, he was this
0: dude played 100 games for Toronto in 2015. He hit three twenty one with a five twenty <laughs> slugging percentage. Juice, 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 juice. I was never the playoffs. He had a, he had a, an eleven hundred yeah. OPS in the playoffs that year. He was sweet that year.
1: I was never worried about him becoming the next big poppy. Personally, <laughs> I never saw that. I happening. think he's.
0: I think he's in the mix in this discussion, though. Who else do we got? All right, here is some other guys I had on my list: Aaron Hicks. Mm. We That's... were very nervous. When Aaron Hicks got traded, a lot of people were very nervous. Oh.
2: I, I see the I see when you put it in that context, it makes sense. Yeah, the definition here is right.
0: guy gets let go or traded by the twins. Yeah. And yeah. and the and the initial thought is, Oh my God, what if he becomes the next
1: blank? You, got, you guys didn't see John Ryan Murphy hit that home run off of Perk with the Yanks. That's right. (laughs) At Target Field, I think it was July of 2000 something.
0: Perk's never going to live that down. No.
1: John Ryan Murphy was going to be the Johnny Bench for the Twins for years to come. Yeah. Okay, so Aaron Hicks. So he's at least in the discussion. I'll
0: give you another one because in retrospect, it may not seem that this guy belongs, but he was so good in 2010. He was the number one overall pick. And the Twins kind of just like, he had a down year in 2011, the Twins, and he was kind of a pain in the ass. Delman Young. No. Delman Young was 25 years old. He had a huge season in 2010. And I do remember a lot of people saying, well, here watch go what's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to go. He's only 25
2: years old. He's going to figure this thing out. Clutch here in the postseason, just like Poppy. Big time clutch hair in the postseason.
1: He won the ALCS MVP, yeah. right, didn't he? He's got a ton of hair. I would put Aaron Hicks ahead of Delman Young, personally. Okay, well, yeah. Okay. Delmon Young was so despised by such a large group of Twins fans and probably media. Frank. That, um, Aaron Hicks, I think I would put ahead of him. Okay. So those guys are in the mix.
0: Um, this, this one might have just been me. And turns out I was kind of right. JJ Hardy. JJ Hardy had the wrist injury in 2010. I, I remember, I remember on the Roycey and Mackey show, I said, listen, this dude's going to go to Baltimore and hit a bunch of home runs and do what he did in Milwaukee. And, the twins are going to regret this, and they did. They traded him for Jim Hoey. I don't know that he rises above like Aaron Hicks for. Oh my God, this guy's going to go somewhere else and be amazing.
1: But he's yeah, in the discussion. Yeah, I would say so far the names that you've listed off. I would say Aaron Hicks is my top one. What about my third one, Carlos Gomez? Yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah, we yeah.
0: Kind of sick of him because he swung and missed well, at everything, and he spin, spin himself into the ground and on the, strikeouts. And the
1: trade. And the <laughs> trade. For Hardy was a good one, and then they botched that so badly, mm-hmm. and then he, he clearly went on and had what? Four year run? Yeah. Four, five, five years of being a pretty productive player. That's not a bad, that's a good one. I like
0: that one a lot. The other one that came to mind, and this might be wrong, but I feel like, cause the Twins kind of chose this guy over David Ortiz, and then he went to Washington, Matt Lecroy. But I think he kind of played himself out in Minnesota. There wasn't any angst over him leaving.
1: Frank Robinson crying because poor Matt couldn't. What what I believe the team that the Nats were playing were stealing bases on Lee Croy left and right. Yeah, and Frank Frank Robinson, Hall of Famer, two time MVP in both leagues, was reduced to tears by watching this guy play. He can't make the list. (laughs) It was really bad.
0: Yeah, it was. And I
1: believe Patrick said. I, I think the story is that they um, they designated Ortiz for assignment because they didn't want to lose Matthew LeCroy. I yeah. believe that's the story. Uh, and LeCroy was fine. He wasn't a total bust. He was just a good old country boy. He wasn't David that's Ortiz. That's what he was. He was a country boy. Yep. He, yep, he could hit some, but, yeah, I like Gomez, and I like uh, Hicks. Okay. Dex, what do you think? That's my favorite. I, you,
2: so Vargas and Arcia are like the George Washington. Yeah, they're cemented on there. Okay. Um, I think Hicks. Probably deserves to be on there. And he hasn't. Now, this the other guy who I'm thinking of hasn't left the Twins, but it's always going to be it. And that's Miguel Sano. If they ever cut bait on Miguel Sano, that's going to be your number one comparison. In I
0: kind of like that because that has been the discussion. Every time Judd and I, three years ago on the show, started down the path of All right, I know Miguel Sano is this hot young commodity and he hit a bunch of home runs, but if you could trade him for blank, at the time it was Chris Archer. Like if you could trade yes. him for a starting pitcher, would you do it? And the main response back that we would always get is, boy, if you trade him, he's going to be the next David Ortiz. Yeah. I don't think he's going to at all be the next David Ortiz. I think he's a good power hitter. He's like he's Josh Willingham is what he is, and he
1: can can play first base. I kind of like that one. Yeah. The interesting thing if they trade him, think about this for a second. If they deal him now, it's going to be after so many second chances, it's going to boggle the mind. Yeah, Like the patience that these guys are showing with this guy, and I know that he can hit mammoth home runs, and I know that at times it it looks like he has a desire to be a good player, and I know that there's a huge or a large, probably, faction of the Twins fan base that will defend him and anything he does. But saying all of that, if this guy ever gets dealt, it's going to be, I would say, after a good 10 chances of and and nine screw ups. And you know,
0: based on the hype and based on what he did as an 18, 19, and 20 year old in the minor leagues. So he's 27 now. He's 27 years old. He only has about 100 career home runs in the major leagues, like 110, something like that. Sure. If I would have told you when when Miguel Sano, as a 19 year old was hitting 28 bombs in 129 games and then the next year at double A, 2013 as a 20 year old, 35 home runs in 123 games in the minors as he's developing into his power. If I were to have told you seven years ago, hey, uh, he's only going to have like a hundred career home runs at the age of 27, I think you would say, oh,
1: thought
0: you, he'd have You'd more. be surprised, right? Absolutely, yes, yeah. So like he, he's gonna he's gonna hit a bunch of home runs no matter who he plays for, whether it's the Twins or somebody
1: else. But there is always that fear of, well, what if he's David Ortiz? So, you yeah. can't trade him. The one thing I don't get about him is is this. The power's fun, but why don't people get the fact that with this guy, it is always something? Like, that's the one thing I keep, and, you know, well, I mean, anyone could go home to the Dominican and uh, be accused of kidding. No, they couldn't. What are you talking about, right? Well, he wasn't, he was not guilty of that, so blah, blah, blah. It's like, at some point in time, let's just all agree that if you're going to continue down this path and it might be worth the gamble I don't know but if you're going to continue down the path that the twins have gone down for a long time with this guy that you have to be prepared for the fact that he's going to be the one kid in the class who the dog ate his damn homework almost every single time and you just
0: have to accept that so our Mount Rushmore of guys we are scared or were scared would become the next David Ortiz Kenny Vargas, Oswaldo Arcia, Aaron Hicks and Miguel Sano.
1: We good with that? That's a good one yeah. I got one more for you guys.
0: Rushmore, sports talker of the with Mackie, Judd, and Rump. that is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore Those would be my four. all right this is off the Teddy Bridgewater discussion from earlier this week uh purple daily by the way you can find our daily Vikings conversations on Apple Spotify and scorenorth.com and also youtube.com slash Scornorth. the Mount Rushmore of great Minnesota sports player unknowns so we're looking for for players that either got hurt or fell off a map or Guys that we otherwise expected potential greatness from and their story wasn't fully told because sure. of some reason or it just never happened for some other reason. And I think the five candidates right off the top of my head are Justin Morneau with the concussion in 2010, that was 10 years ago now. Yep. And it was like 10 years ago this week or last week. Yeah, Teddy yeah. Bridgewater mm-hmm. is maybe the George Washington on this. Maybe Justin Morneau was. Sam Bradford. And Dante Culpepper with knee injuries. We talked about them, and I'm going to throw Francisco Liriano in this discussion too. He belongs too. on there, 100. percent Yeah, that dude was the best starting pitcher in baseball on a staff with Johan Santana
1: in 2006 before the injury. Who else belongs in this discussion? How much We're of that for four for him? How, how much of that was based on arm, and how much was based by the end of the day on his head? Yeah, he definitely couldn't get out of his head after the surgery. Like, that was a very, that was a very bizarre, it, to a certain extent, do you know who's a little bit like that from the Twins pitching staff as well? Scott Erickson. Go look at some of, I believe it was, the was it the first half of 91? There there was a point where, where Erickson looked like a, Cy, a surefire Cy Young. This guy is unbelievable. The stuff is off the charts. And he sort of started to break down. I think had some arm fatigue, arm problems, and he also was in his head constantly. And sure. the same thing, and he spiraled.
0: Yeah, I, I can tell you compared if, to what he was, because I covered Francisco Liriano as a beat writer from 2010 through 2000 through the trade, basically in 2012 or 13. And I had uh, I can't remember if it was Rick Anderson or someone else on the staff told me one time. He's afraid, like, if he gives up a home run or, or someone rifles a double down the line in the first inning, rather than just, like, shaking it off and thinking to himself, well, uh, whatever, like, I'm still I'm going to give up, like, three runs in any given start, like, it's baseball, it happens, these are the best hitters in the world, sure. he would then sort of clam up and he would nibble, and you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd notice a lot, if he gave up a home run or a double or something... He would oftentimes fall behind 1-0, 2-0 to the next hitter because he just didn't want to throw a ball over the plate. And the coaches would always tell him, dude, you you drive a Ferrari, like you throw 97 miles an hour still, just throw the ball over the plate. Um, and so they actually had at one point, they had Joe Maurer and other catchers in game. Instead of setting up on the corner or setting up like, yeah, you're going to hit this inside corner pitch, they would just every pitch they'd set up right down the middle so that they would drill into Frankie's head, just literally throw the ball down the middle. You have enough movement and stuff. That's
1: little league mentality. Yeah. That's the little league mentality but, of Teddy doesn't know, so let's just set up right down the center of the plate. Question for you off of that point. Take Frankie right now. Put him back in in near his prime, and let's just say the arm problems have started, okay? He comes back current twins um staff instead of the previous one in charge how much potentially different is his story if these guys instead of those guys get hold of frank uh him yeah frankie um well i think he still gets hurt sure no i'm I saying he still gets but hurt. i'm saying so he's rebounding so he's coming back
0: yeah yeah he he performs better like i think i think this front office and scouting department and field staff all the way through up and down. When compared to like the end of the guardy Terry Ryan run of infrastructure, I think they just do a better job of empowering pitchers and getting the most out of pitchers. And like they, they can confidently go to a pitcher and say, this is what works right now in today's game. And we're going to transform you. We're going to, we're going to get the 97th percentile out of you, Tyler Duffy, Right. We're going to get Taylor Rogers. your peak is best reliever in baseball. We're going to get you close. Mm-hmm. And I think Francisco Liriano, even post-surgery, his peak was one of the best pitchers in baseball. In 2010, we kind of saw it. Like, his first full year back mm-hmm. as a starter when the Twins made the playoffs, he was damn good. He had an ERA in the 3.5 range, struck out like 200 batters, was in the mix, I think, for Cy Young. He might have got some Cy Young votes or something. So I, I do think for many different reasons, like Francisco Liriano is part of this Mount Rushmore. That's so, good one. So Teddy... Justin Morno, Francisco Liriano, who else? I'll, I'll give you. This is kind of an obscure one because the the Wolves drafted him, then traded him, then got him back after some knee injuries. So it's it's just mostly a Portland one. But Brandon Roy is a what if? Yeah, I don't think he counts for this because his what if is mostly Blazers based because right. his knee went out with the Blazers. Right, but the Wolves here. then got him
2: back like after he was out of Portland. And, and Johnny Flynn was a McHale pick. Khan wasn't here yet, I believe. Well, the
0: brand, uh, Randy Foy
2: was the trade. Oh, Randy trade. Foy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So they, Randy Foy was the They drafted
0: Brandon Roy, and they traded him on draft day for Randy Foy. Yeah. And well, that didn't
1: work. One no. of the great trades of all time, name-wise. Yeah.
0: Um, Stefan Marbury in this conversation? Mm. The what if, not being injury-related, but if he had stayed with the Timberwolves. I got and one for,
1: for you. And this is the question of what if this guy applied himself? Andrew Wiggins. Ooh! if Andrew Wiggins had applied himself, so this is all mental, like this is nothing to to do with he didn't get hurt. I
0: love that one.
1: If Andrew Wiggins had embraced opportunity and had had been passionate and worked his ass off and legitimately said, I am a top pick, I am going to come in and prove that. I love that one. What happens? Yeah, he's one of the best players in basketball, right? He's an all-star.
0: He's like Tracy McGrady. I mean, he scores 30 points a game and he's, I don't know that like his personality would have to change for him to be like the alpha dog on a team, but even just become a great secondary superstar. That might be it. I think the Mount Rushmore of great unknowns is Teddy Bridgewater's knee, Justin Morneau's concussions. That for sure has to be on there. Frankie's elbow Hmm. and then subsequent lack of confidence. And then Andrew Wiggins demeanor
1: and general lack of fire. Are there more Vikings? Is Percy on that list? Just because guys' careers do get cut short so much in that sport. Yeah, Percy, Percy's a good conversation. Like, if Percy continued to... If Percy mm. had been 2009 Percy for an extended period of time, I don't know that he knocks anybody off the list that we just did, though. That's Brian, my question. Brian McKinney? For the same Andrew Wiggins reason? Well, I mean, yeah, that's probably true. the The only thing with McKinney was he didn't care, and he was still pretty damn good. Like that's the weird yeah, thing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he Like was, if this guy had, if this guy had given ten percent of a damn about his sport, he's in Canton right now. Yeah. Like he, Bryant McKinney was a Hall of Fame left tackle. He just didn't really care. Well, any consideration to Dante Culpepper? No, I, I don't thi- think so. Yeah, I would say no because he did. He did peak and then went back down. So the Teddy thing that intrigues me so much is it's all what if. Yeah, you know. like there's no, there's no. Well, we saw the peak.
0: Yeah, the, the, there might be some other Vikings out there. Like you could say Matt Khalil because of a knee injury. You know, you could say Pyology yeah, was a pretty damn good venture, though. Phil, who's the, the Sharif Floyd? You could say, yeah, because of a, yes, a sure. botched knee injury.
1: Football is is ripe for th- this because there's just so there's such a wide array of players who've had their careers cut short yeah, in that I sport. Mean,
0: I don't know if I'd put any of those guys above the four we have though. Teddy, Justin Morneau, yeah. Francis Liliano, and Andrew Wiggins. That is our cliche Mount Rushmore it's the
2: cliche of the
0: week. That is why I would put him on the
1: Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. Yeah. So the list that we just gave, there are I think two potential if the if they had achieved their um maximum success, I think there's two potential Hall of Fame players there. Teddy, I don't know for sure. Morneau, I'm damn certain. I think if if Justin Morneau plays another ten years, he's probably going into Cooperstown. And here's a scary one: if Andrew Wiggins applies himself, if he had, he didn't come close. But yeah, he's he'd be damn did he have talent? One of the best players in the
0: NBA. So and with the Warriors last year, he played the twelve games before COVID hit and he was the same dude man like he he shot 45%, 33% from 3, 19 points, couple of rebounds, like
1: floating around. The Wolves <laughs> gave this guy every single chance. Yep. Like there there's no wow, I think they shortchanged it here. They gave him every chance and bailed quickly I, with Gerson. I,
2: th- I think the only wild ones you could include would be maybe Brent Burns, but I also think it was just more of coaching and management couldn't figure out what the hell to do with him. Yeah. And then Injury wise, I would put Pierre Marc Bouchard as an honorable mention. He's not cemented on Minnesota Sports. If you're looking at Wilds what ifs, I think he is cemented because that guy from 20 to 22 was basically a 60-point center.
1: It's concussions, right? And
2: concussions just ruined his yeah. career and he was out of the league by like 25.
1: Yeah. The incre- incredible thing about that team is the fact that they have had so little star power in 20 years yeah. that it's hard to come up with names. Yes. Like there there should be in 20 years, there should be what's fair Three people who you say, no question about it, if if X, Y, and Z hadn't happened, this guy could have been a star. The Wild has had so little star power in their existence that you literally have to be like, yeah, yeah. PMB probably. Uh, and
0: by the way, cheap plug here, you guys had Billy Garen on Judd's Hockey Show yesterday, which you can find Judd's Hockey Show episodes in a standalone podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, Score.com, or as part of the Mackie and Judd podcast feed as well, so uh, Billy Guerin talking about, well, talking about a bunch of things, including the NHL's uh, the, the the schedule that came out yesterday has teams like the Wild that are looking to uh, qualify for the playoffs starting in a what three weeks from now, beginning of yeah,
1: August. The training camp if, if they the- report in two weeks and then. Training camp probably is going to start on Monday, and then I think they're going to start around August first with yeah. the qualifying round. So
0: we have a, a couple things here to get to. Uh, still, old tweets exposed and Declan's patio confession that he wants to bring up on the show. But a quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in and around the Twin Cities for over a hundred years, and this year is probably the most important year to have the expertise and the peace of mind that comes. With a business like Federated standing behind your business, they measure their success based on the success of you, the client, and they're here with written pandemic policies and response plans and just a bunch of different tools that will help you during this crazy year of 2020. So federatedinsurance.com is the place you can go to find out more information. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Declan Goff, before we get to old tweets exposed, oh. you have a patio confession off of the quarantine discovery segment from earlier this week?
2: Yeah, so uh, on Tuesday. Did you shake hands with somebody? No, I didn't shake hands with anyone, no. Okay. Um, I did a little bit of patio hopping. Okay, so I, I, I started in, in the North Loop in Minneapolis. And then I ended up going, that's not really where the story is, though. I then went to go to downtown St. Paul. I'm from close to downtown St. Paul. I was with a friend of mine. They wanted to go check it out. And I said, okay, let's go to downtown St. Paul. So we go to Mears Park. We're in Lower Town area, which is a great area. And we pull up, and, and it's, there's a patio outside. All, it, it was Bulldog. It was the Bulldog's patio. And it's very socially distanced. There's next to no one there. It's 5.30, 6 o'clock on a Tuesday. So I'm like, oh, perfect. There's no one here even. Excellent. This is exactly what I wanted. I want to get out of the chaos in Minneapolis and go in a little more secluded spot in St. Paul. So, as we get our drinks, all of a sudden, this group of like five people start walking up, and they're like, clearly, I'd come from like a swimming pool or a beach because they're all like in their swimsuit gear. Oh, no. And oh, all no. of them are, I wouldn't say blackout, but they are hammered. They oh, are very, very they're drunk. They're probably not wearing masks. Not wearing masks. None of them were. Oh, None God. of them were wearing masks. But at the table right behind us, was their friends oh no so then they come up so the and, tables were kind of next to each other yeah yeah so we were it was it was distance it was six feet but like we also wanted to be away a little bit like there was a there was probably like three tables that were taken right by the door of the entrance of the of the of bulldog and then it extended i don't know probably about 50 feet down the sidewalk it was a pretty expanded patio space so we went down more to be away from other people right and then this group of five or six come up In their swimsuits, some provocative, some not, some like even makeshift swimsuits. And then they see their friends here and they just start like hugging and touching everyone. So you're just uncomfortable because
0: you're close to them or what?
2: Yeah, yeah, that happens. And then they like clearly the waiter, they're like friends with the waiter, the waiter that was serving us. And like, so he's like hugging. She, he, she. she is like, I didn't see too much like physical touching, but they did order a round of shots. Jameson shots, by the way, like the the, clearly these people were throwing down at six o'clock on a Tuesday in St. Paul. I mean, more power to you. But wow, that that takes a lot of guts there. And then the waiter does a shot with them. Oh, wow. And I am like, I'm kind of intrigued just because of the show that was this group. So like I'm trying to take the covid lenses out and being like, man, this is like one of the most intriguing groups of people I have ever seen at a patio right now who doesn't give two bleeps of what's going on. And yeah, the waiter was then with them. They do these shots. And it was just like the physical touching and the lack of clothing and no mask, no gloves, none of that was really freaking me out to the point where I almost just did get up and leave the patio space. I feel like
0: the lack of clothing doesn't cause COVID to spread. No,
2: but it's just like it's weird to like go out in public like looking like that. Does that make sense?
1: So like were were they a threat to you COVID wise though or were they just circus sideshow?
2: I would say a little bit of both. I mean, they're definitely a circus sideshow just because right. of what they were but like, like. Were they doing?
1: Like, was there spittle coming your way or water? There wasn't. Sp- or there wasn't anything?
2: too much spittle. No, um, it was just really creepy and and no self awareness. I like feel like yeah, this self awareness.
0: I think in general, I'm assuming these are younger people. This yeah, was in they a group of like sixty year olds in bathing suits. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so be awesome. Uh, I feel like the current like what's happening right now is a lot of younger people, you know, rightfully so, are thinking. Well, like the chances of me getting terminally ill from this are very low, even though we just saw a Broadway guy who was only 40 years old die. Yeah. And there's been other examples of young people. But like for the most part, you're probably not going to get knocked on your ass too bad by COVID if you're a 25 year old. And that's what young people are thinking. And that's and that's true. But that only that's only like level one of the thinking level level two of the thinking is, well, OK, how old are your parents? Mm-hmm. How old are other people that you could come in contact with? And it all goes back to my notion that we are The. I love this country, but like we are the most selfish country
1: in the world right now. One hundred percent, based on how little we care about other people's well-being. We lack common sense completely. Now, I would say this though. I I would say at that point in time, I would probably walk. I'd be like, "This ain't for me." (laughs) And the other thing too is this is why this is unfortunately as much as I love bars, this is why I'm avoiding bars because COVID and and uh, booze, personally, at home, they mix perfectly. They mix very well. They home. mix really, really well. Yeah. And and so I am. Th- this is this is not an endorsement for sobriety. Overrated, but but a bar can turn really quickly, Dex, just like that. Yeah. And and you can be doing the best that you could possibly do. Right. You're outside you, at a certain point. You're away from people, so you're feeling probably pretty damn comfortable. And then drunks come. And once drunk, because people who are drunk have no sense of space and they have no sense of concern. And so my biggest thing in trying to avoid bars is is not the fact that I've turned on bars. I love bars. But the people that inhabit the bars or go to the bars are a complete wild card. And if it's a bunch of young folks who show up, they're not thinking, man.
2: Also, there was a arrest in Mears Park across the street from us, which then... The guy lingered into, like, the sidewalk patio space and got arrested, too, right in front of us. It was a whole dilemma, man. Stay out of
1: St. Paul from now on. I
2: I love my St. Paul. Nah, you're out. I love it.
1: I love it. I I wanted to get out. Sorry, St. Paul. God, come on, St. Paul. Boy. Don't come here and infect us because you had to go to St. Paul. Stay on your side (laughs) of the Mississippi. All right, let's get to some
0: old tweets exposed here, gentlemen. Nobody on the show is safe. From what they've tweeted since joining Twitter in 2009, or should At least they? Be. Judge Zolgad and I joined Twitter in 2009, and Declan every week goes into the archives and pulls tweets
2: like this one from uh, Judge Zolgad. This is from June 24, oh, yeah. 2009. First Judge Zolgad Twitter account, by the way. Yes. Uh, let's say Booty—he's talking about John David Booty—doesn't yeah. get cut when Favre joins the Vikings. How much will Booty go for the number four? I wouldn't give it away. So this isn't—yes, <laughs> this isn't necessarily like a, a, a bad take from Judd because there was—I I was all in on JDB, USC guy, and but he was the casualty. He's got the Favre. number.
0: Wait, the more the more Declan brings up the quarterbacks, he's been all in on. So you've been all in on Josh Freeman <laughs> you know and John David Booty, yep.
1: Vikings fan. He's been scarred. Yeah, man. Don't but don't blame Dex. Blame the team. I feel he like He doesn't know this is QB P T S D This is sixteen year old Declan right here.
2: That is all no, but I mean, for you, this one, not for Freeman, for John David Booty.
1: Dex, you're a victim man.
2: I know. It stinks. That's two strikes for me. Josh Freeman
0: and John David uh, Booty. I mean, yeah, but the third strike and I'm trying to explain the why did got into a quarterback for this week. I didn't. It's a baseball one, but my So God. so what That's wound good. up happening Did John David Booty? Get something to get a watch
1: or something from Brett Favre? You know what? Did he I just have, caved to the pressure. I have no clue now. He probably caved.
0: But you know what? Did he get cut to? Oh
1: yeah, or practice squad. Eventually. Uh, no, I mean, was no, he on the 09? team? Was, no, he might have been on the practice squad. Actually, 09 was Sage, T-Jack and Favre. but he might have been a practice squad guy eventually. Okay. I don't recall, but my guess is he got nothing. I would have asked for something. It's a strong. It's a strong ass tweet from two thousand nine boys. I like it. I like old old Judds. <laughs> they are again. great. I love old tweets.
2: Oh no! All right. Oh, oh well. Oh, I gotta put oh, the glasses Excuse on. Excuse me. PMAC twenty one. Oh my. God. We had a reply. He asked uh, Phil, "Does Rick Anderson need to go?" Having a hard time identifying pitching that he oh! has improved. And Phil oh, claps it, back. My, my dunk is correct. Scott Diamond, Francisco Lariano, Jared Burton, Glenn Perkins.
0: Okay, on the date of this tweet, which was sent um, almost eight years ago to the date, July fifteenth, yeah, two 2012. Okay. So he's 2012 was a rough one for the twins. You can all admit that. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. All right. But let's go through these four. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jared Burton was a great reclamation project. Jared Burton was actually legitimately one of the best relievers in the American League for like 2 years. The Twins just this was a this was an era of bad decisions and bad signings and bad pitching <laughs> and Jared Burton was actually a hidden gem. Do
2: you guys remember him? Very very much a Terry Ryan signing scrap yep. heap that turned into something more than we ever thought it was. Yes. Yep. Totally. So and so again like I don't know did, how much credit does Rick Anderson deserve
0: for that. I don't know, but Jared Burton was really good. Glenn Perkins, albeit not a good starting pitcher, turned into one of the best closers in all of baseball. They found a very good role for him. Yes. The other two guys, I might have been out over my skis here. Okay, well, I, you were higher Scott on Scotty,
1: was, I think, than most people, weren't you? I, was I? I think everyone was pretty high on Scotty. I,
2: I, was. I got not. my own quarterback problems. I'm not going to weigh in. Yeah, I don't. Diamond <laughs> <laughs> takes.
1: I don't remember. I wouldn't say I was high on Scotty Diamond. I, I probably, would say he was a pitcher who was. Unfortunately, it had to be important to them. Yeah.
0: I probably drank a little too much. Scott Diamond, Liriano,
1: right? actually, they probably get more blame than credit for.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, body of work, Rick Anderson. When Liriano probably, went to Pittsburgh, to be like,
1: oh. he, he had some immediate success, right? He did. Yeah, he was pretty good for a couple of years. Yeah.
2: Pittsburgh. And Rick Anderson said it was because he hasn't seen National League pitching was the famous quote about that as well, which I, I guess is kind of true, but I don't think it's the reason he was. What did the successful. White
1: Sox pitching coach say? He said Don he Cooper had a great saw some quote.
0: things in Frankie's delivery that could be fixed, and uh, that didn't quite happen in Chicago.
1: It was an cranium.
0: Are you self-reporting any tweets here? Oh yeah. Oh, All right, here we it. go. Old tweets exposed. This is <laughs> April
2: third, two thousand. Your takes are terrible. Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> if Alex Meyer does not get called up by June, I am going to lose it. Says uh, Declan in two thousand fifteen, who by the way worked for Major League Baseball Advance Media that season at Target Field. <laughs> So no bias at all uh for, did you gonna talk to about that? No, I did not i was very i i I was pretty good at at not bringing that stuff up okay. It was a Maybe. photography gig, so and i, I oh yeah so okay. it was I was very much behind the scenes actually, it was uh Derek Wetmore was the first one to have this job and then he recommended it to me and then it was a it was a fun little photo gig it was it was it was an all right gig, but Alex Meyer, who I was pretty big on okay what uh, what was the date of this tweet again April 3rd 2015 so probably right around opening day and or maybe like the first week of the season you're
0: yeah, supposed,
1: supposed to be the hot thing
0: yeah. April 3rd 2015 I'll so this the- is actually he didn't make his first start well I take that back he uh, yeah he pitched in the minors for the first part of that year then the arm troubles came did, in but he did he debut in
2: 2015
0: he his major league debut came in 2015 yes and he got shelled I believe in like three innings yeah a I couple think. he made a couple starts and it was just a disaster uh, but in fairness to your take, okay, in 2014, so that you tweeted this before the 15 minor league season, right? Yeah. So 2014, he had a three and a half ERA with 11 strikeouts per nine in the minors. What they didn't like about him, and this turned out to be his downfall in addition to arm problems, he walked too many guys, he fell behind in counts, and like you can fall, but when you have stuff like him in the minor leagues, you can fall behind two and oh, and just like throw fastballs to bad minor league hitters and get back, that doesn't work when you're facing Jose Batista or Josh Donaldson, right? But uh, Alex Myers is another one. Like that guy should have been a star starting pitcher for the for the Twins. Like everything about him, everything from his stuff to his size to yep. his draft status. That was the Denard Span
1: trade to Washington, right?
0: Yeah, he's legitimately one of the biggest busts in twins pitching history that we kind of forget about because they traded for him they didn't draft him but he was a first round pick
1: and blocked That's me on good. twitter i'm very proud of that yeah didn't That's he right. block me
2: did he call out the twins medical staff last year yeah, or something he, i think he he that too. About that. Yeah. Yeah. he's not the first guy to have called out in the last <laughs> he 10 years came in
1: medical staff he staff. came here a very nice aw shucks kid and i think left incredibly bitter and he might not be wrong yeah so
0: Old tweets exposed. Nobody is safe no on safe. the Mackey and Judd show. If you have other old tweets, you can always dig them up and send them to us on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Dex's tweets. Also, we launched a new YouTube channel. So we have two YouTube channels now, one that is Viking-centric. It's YouTube.com slash Score North. And we just, we actually, we launched a, a Mackey and Judd with Rami YouTube channel a few months ago, and then all the changes that were made at Score North on May 1st. Uh, but we have fired up that YouTube channel again for Action Movie Rewind, write that down, Twins Discussions. It's just YouTube.com slash Mackie Judd, and you can subscribe. So we have like 200 subscribers right now as of as of this recording. We'd love to get to 500. So if you're listening and you want to see our ugly radio podcast faces and you want uh, those to pop up in your YouTube feed, YouTube.com slash Mackie Judd, and you can click that subscribe button and help us out that way. A lot of people have been asking, how can I help you guys out? This is just a terrible year for everything. Um, it's been a terrible year for for sports media. And the best ways you can help us out, number one, definitely give some love to the advertisers that are part of the show. But uh, but also just subscribe and listen via podcast and via YouTube. And uh, and be sure to follow us on Score North social media platforms as well. And uh, hopefully once sports officially come back, fingers crossed, we can start to ride Soccer's the wave back up again.
2: Yeah, we had a game last year. MLS, right? MLS, MLS is back. MLS is back, baby.
1: Who won? Who played? Um, what happened? Hold, hold <laughs> on a second. I've got my sports page right here. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. Um, it looks like um, Orlando City, oh, yeah. two, Inter Miami. I'm not kidding you. One, in Kissimmee, Florida. Okay. I'm Kissimmee. So we are underway. And, and if I'm it. not mistaken, the Loons play, they play Sporting KC on Sunday, and you can hear. Hear that on 1500, correct? You
0: can hear it AM 1500 score north for uh, whether they're guaranteed three tournament games. And then they have to earn their fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. And there is plans for like an 18-game MLS season. But I think, I honestly think like July is going to be such a telling month for all of these sports. Yes. We could have, by the end of July, we could have all of the major sports back and rocking into August. Rocking in air quotes. Or all of them could be canceled. Like... (laughs) Not NFL, I guess. NFL training camp, I guess, would be in that mix, but
1: yeah, baseball. Baseball is going to be a little bit tough. I think. I think baseball is tough. I think football should tough. be easier. Baseball should I, be easier than the other sports, though. It's there's less contact. There's I, less contact, but the travel. You're, you're not in a bubble. The no. other the the sports that are going to be, I think, in huge trouble are college sports. Yeah, I don't see how you can play college football. Yeah, well, I might the, be wrong. The Ivy but
0: League I, just shut down their football yeah. season. Now, the Ivy League brings in like eleven million dollars total for the whole. Yeah thing like ohio state brings in 130 million so
1: are you going to play college football games or can you with no fans and maybe students not on a campus and just televise it it's all that one seems to me to go down a very um a very dicey path
0: yeah well we'll see what happens in the month of july thanks for hanging out with us on mackie and judd and we'll see you for action movie rewind friday lethal weapon